Welcome to Hands at the Table. I'm your co-host, Jeff Bramhall. Alongside fellow massage therapist, Bori Saranyi, this podcast shows massage therapists how powerful our profession can be. We believe that as a craft and as a profession, massage therapy is only limited by a therapist's imagination and willingness to put in the work. By sharing what we're learning, what we're working on, and what's captured our interest, we hope to broaden your perspective, inspire you to set your standard high, and invest in your craft. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to another episode of Hands at the Table with Jeff and Bori. And today we're going to talk about a topic that for some massage therapists might feel a little iffy. However, we all do it every single day and we need to get better, especially if you want a thriving business. So what we're going to talk about is not a technique. It's not a muscle. We're going to talk about sales. And we're going to talk about, Jeff is going to talk about it because he has a background in sales. And coming from that background, I think he has a very different perspective of on how we really sell things or what's important or what are the techniques that are out there. So I'm going to just ask a couple of questions uh, from Jeff and see if we can, like how we can translate that to our practice. So just to go back a little bit, Jeff, just remind us, like, how did you work in sales and how was that for you and what happened there? Sure. Yeah. So in, um, uh, in the mid 2010s, I, uh, I made a big pivot in my career from, uh, prior to work, prior to, this is all, this is actually after going to massage school before starting to, before actively practicing massage. Um, I made a big pivot in my career moving from, uh, working in health, uh, working as a, working in the world of healthcare software into, um, I started selling engineering software. Um, so I was, uh, I was working for a company called Onshape, um, selling, selling CAD software so that people could design things in the built world. Um, and, and making that pivot, you know, making that pivot was probably one of the best things I've ever done. Um, uh, hmm. learning how to sell. Cause I, I had, I think I had a, a pretty similar, um, I had a pretty similar story in my head to, I think a lot, to a lot of other people around sales. Um, where the idea of being a salesperson was like, you're, you know, was like, you're brash, you're kind of slimy. Um, you're, you're, you're manipulating someone to do something that isn't necessarily in their best interests. Um, uh, and then moving into, moving into sales, I realized that it was actually sales and everything else we do, uh, are a lot more similar than I think any of us really want to admit, um, like selling, selling something is psychology, right? It's mm -hmm. understanding, it's understanding someone's motivation. It's understanding what, understanding someone's aspirations, understanding some, someone's fears and helping them, helping them navigate the emotional world that comes with making a decision that feels important. Um, and, and, and being able to help guide somebody through that. And, and I mm -hmm. think, you know, you know, obviously like we know that there's people that do that, that do that unethically, but you know, we know that there's people that practice massage unethically, right? Like there's enough charlatans in the world of, in the, in the alternative health world that are like literally, yeah. that are like, you know, that are selling like, that are selling like alkaline water and crap like that. It's like, you know, like we can like, <laughs> like we can actually like, you know, you can, you can choose to become good at selling things mm -hmm. without 
sacrificing your integrity and without sacrificing your morals. And, you know, I almost think like, you know, Bori, in your intro, you said, um, you said like, we're not talking about, we're not talking about a technique. We're not talking about a muscle, but I think we actually are talking about a technique. And we're talking about like, we're talking about listening and like a listening interrogation technique. And I think we're talking about, we are talking about a muscle. We're like, you know, like this is the, the, the skill of selling is a, is a skill that we need to develop and it's a skill we need to train just like, you know, just like our glutes, right? <laughs> it's, it's not, yeah, yeah. it's not different, you know? So when you were selling there, um, how is that? Because that's like something that, you know, you sell a product that is not, it's not, it's not yourself. It's not you. And um, I think like what you touched on, like convincing per somebody, and I heard this in a podcast, like what's the difference between convincing and compelling? Like convincing is like, and that's what I think like people don't like about sales is that convincing is convincing somebody that they need something with, when they, maybe they don't. And then compelling is showing somebody a solution that they are looking for, that, so showing somebody a solution to their problem that they already have like it's basically just like showing them like this is like you already have this problem and then this is the solution to it so I think like that's that's a big difference between those two things and if you can do it in a compelling way and if you can do it um packed with you know actually offering something offering a value and I really like what you said is like guiding through somebody a decision making and just being there along the way. And it is psychology and it is emotional. So I think that's really important. Was that like that job like that for you? Like, was that, did you had the freedom to feel like that? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was really lucky uh, in that, in that way. We, we really, you know, we were, we were probably the highest energy sales team in our we're definitely that we we're the highest energy. We were the, we were the highest energy sales team in our, in our city. We were like, we were really freaking good. Like, nice. and, nice. and, and, and it was, you know, we, we were the, we were the freaking a team there and, yeah. you know, and like, yeah, there was definitely some convincing that we like, there, mm -hmm. there's definitely like that. I, I think that idea of convincing versus compelling, it's like, are you convincing somebody that, that, that a problem, like there, there's some like, you know, there's some like wiggle room of like, you know, am I, uh, are we over, am I going to, am I going to intentionally overstate a problem that you have and like the potential severity of it to convince you that this is a bigger problem than it is, or am I going to compel you to do it? Because actually it is like, it is the logical, the logical decision. And every day that you don't make this decision, it's going to be harder to change your path. Mm. And, and so that, you know, that, that comes up that, that kind of that convince versus compel, I think really makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, and further to that, it was like, you know, as a professional, as a sales professional, thinking of your, like knowing the value of your time, like, hmm, this is the theme that we're going to come back to knowing the value of your time and really making sure that like at the outset, like I want to be the most interesting, I want to be the most interesting conversation that you have today. And I, and I was like, so that's the charisma that I'm going to bring to the conversation. And I want to be able to know after a few, like after a few minutes on the phone, like, does it make sense for us to continue doing this? Like, does this make sense? Right. Cause I am mm -hmm. like, like I have to sell a whole mess of this stuff and 
I don't know. And like, and so it is, it's in my best interest to know if you're a potential buyer sooner rather than later. And the only way that I'm going to find that out is if I can establish a, if we can establish a level of mutual respect right out, right out of the gate. And, you know, if we can do that, then we can figure out if this is, if this, if there is a, if there's a compelling case to be made for us to, and for me to invest my time and me to invest my team's time into helping you make a decision. So like it is, it, it is, it is making sure that that is a kind of like, you know, building, building that compelling case is really important and doing it through establishing mutual respect through, um, through the, as a salesperson, your charisma, the, the energy that you bring, the way that you ask questions, the way that you listen, the way that you, the way that you respond to them. But then also, but then also making, uh, but also like the way that you using the way that you present yourself to establish your own credibility. And so that not only do you respect them, but you receive respect in return. Mm-hmm. And that like, and, and I think we can, we as massage therapists can, we can really do that. Like we, those are mm-hmm. like, the more that we come in, the more that we can say like, yes, and to somebody and, and help them and be like, oh, you're experiencing this. Awesome. I hear that all the time. I know it sucks. And, you know, and I work with people just like you making, making it so that they don't experience this thing that you're experiencing that, that I, that I, and they agree sucks, right? Like you can, you can kind of put that together. And I think a lot of the baggage that we have with the idea of sales is that we're used to, you know, there, there's like in culture, like actually think about, think about it this way. This is something that just came to my mind. If all you knew from, if if all you knew about massage therapists was what you learned from popular culture, what would you see as massage therapists? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't even want (laughs) to, I mean. It's not a good image. Yeah. It's yeah. not something that we do, for example. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So if all you knew from, so as somebody, as somebody without a sales background, if all you knew about salespeople was what you saw in popular culture, what would you think about salespeople? Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, then you guys are all selling like vacuum cleaner. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It. And then you, you, yeah. you add on top of that, like the only, like there, the handful of times that you actually, that you as a consumer actually interact with a salesperson, you're probably, you're probably interacting with someone like you have a car salesman who like Mm. his job isn't to satisfy the person that comes in. His job is like, his job is to move, is to, is to move the commodity on the lot, right? right? The, the person that you interact with at the, like, I think it's actually really different now through COVID when, but now, because now like not everyone's like going into stores, but in the way that you would go into like, you know, if you go to like, here, here's the difference, the difference between going to the cell phone store and the difference mm-hmm. and going to the Apple store, mm. right? Like no one feels pressure. Like you wouldn't necessarily think about the people at the Apple store as salespeople, but every right. single one of them carries a quota. You probably don't yeah. think like you might think of, you might not think of the person at the bike shop as a, as a salesperson, but the person at the bike shop has a quota. Like they are salespeople. Mm. Like it just happens to be that like we have this image of what a salesperson is in our head, right? Like we've got used car salesmen, we've got like, we've got like Wolf of Wall Street, Boiler Room, like yep. all the like super smarmy types. And then when we find someone, and then you know, what do we know about humans and pattern matching? We go out into the world and like you go to the cell phone store, and they're like they're like trying to sell you like they're trying to sell they're trying to one up whatever it is on whatever qual- whatever like whatever your 
you know, they're trying to like get you to add a line or get like a, mm-hmm. buy like a protection plan or some crap like that. Or you go to the, you go to the car, so you go to the, you go to buy a car and you've got like, you've got this car salesman. And like in both of those, la- in both of those latter cases, the salesperson is a gatekeeper. They're not mm-hmm. like, they're not a consultant. Like they're not, right. they're not engaged with you to, in order to mm-hmm. give you the best, in order to help you achieve the best outcome, you know? And, and I, even car sales is getting changed up with that, right? Like with um, like Carvana and like, and car gurus and like the, there's, it's like such an imbalance, like in the prior world, in the world 15 years ago, a hundred percent of the power was held by the salesperson. And the only thing that you had on your side as a consumer was your money. That was it. Mm-hmm. And now the information balance is evening out, which is, which is forcing the, which is forcing a change in how the, uh, how the, how the car salesman can then interact with the consumer because all of a sudden you can go and like, I can go on to like, um, what's it called? Like there's like the, I forget the name of it, but there's some place down that there's some place, there's places that like you go online and they're like, yeah, we'll, we will deliver six I, of, we'll deliver six of those cars to our, to this location and you can try all yep. of them. And this is exactly what it's going to cost. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So like the, the information balance forces a, forces a, forces a quality, forces a change in quality of the salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's the difference between like, I don't know if you, if you have like rental agents, apartment rental agents down in, down in Houston, I know some places mm. don't do rental rental agents, but it's the difference between a, a home sales, like a house, a, a house salesperson and like, and, and a leasing agent, like they're mm. very different. They have different motivations. Um, right. So, yeah, I wanted to bring up that Genic, that the the information imbalance and kind of gate, gatekeeper mm. idea. So, but I think the Apple Store is actually a perfect the Apple Store or like I imagine I don't know, but I imagine what like going into a Tesla store would be like as well, mm. right? Where it's like, you know, there is it's not about selling, it's about solution. It's about finding mm-hmm. the answer, finding the answer to the problem. And that's yeah. that I think is the most important part. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's something. And if and if we can reframe sales as massage therapists, if we can reframe sales into that into that of like, like okay, what is the problem this person has, and how can I how can I show them that that problem is something that can be solved? All of a sudden, it stops being smart me because it becomes yeah. something that is very honest, very earnest, and mm-hmm. very high in integrity, which are three things that are that are pretty consistent over everyone I know that does massage and mm-hmm. it becomes a lot easier to sell and people who and your clients appreciate it like clients love a good salesperson like I, I love so, yeah. get, I freaking love getting sold to <laughs> I love it when I when I when I like and, I, and I'll tell them this like when I get somebody that knows how to sell and they're and they sell me something, I'll be like, "Look, I am." You get so excited. Yeah, it's like, you're great. Yes. This is this is wonderful. And, and like, yeah. it's like like game recognized game, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm really happy you said um, those things because I think like one of the things that I wanted to come back is like the education and like being the gatekeeper versus a consultant. I think like that's really important because. If, you, if I think about our profession, I think like I always thought that patient education is a pretty big deal of that we need to do and all across the board, like we all need to do that because we need to empower our clients and like basically everybody around us to know like what massage therapists can do 
or what different certain techniques can do for them or what general healthcare and taking care of themselves can do for them. I think like a lot of people, there's they, they're just not enough information. And if you hold back the information and if you don't share that generously across the board, then you become that gatekeeper where like, oh no, just come to my office and I tell you then. It's like, no, you need to tell them that this is something that you can help with. And for me, that feels a lot better. It's like, I'm telling you what I can do for you. And then after that, it's your decision if that's something that you need or if that's something that you are open to. But if you don't know what I know, then why would you want to buy from me? I mean, like, I wouldn't, would you buy a car that's like covered with this like tarp and you have no idea what's underneath. You don't know what you're getting but you don't want to buy that. So sharing what you do and sharing, like really reaching out, explaining it more and more and really just across the board, not just for yourself, but like sharing what massage therapists do will help all of us. And once they see how much, you know, that's when you get by and buy and like, or that's when you get, that's when it stops being a sale. It starts being an offering of value exchange. Like, yeah. I can do this for you and you're going to have to pay me for this. But then at that point, it's like, I am actually giving you something that you already value mm -hmm. and you already know that you need. And then it's not a sale. So right. I, I, I think that's like really important for us to do. Yeah. I, I would even say that it is a sale. Right. And, and it's, mm -hmm. and it's actually like, when you think about what is like, what's the best, like, what's the best sales tactic. And it's, it's helping, it's helping somebody see what a world without the problem that they have mm -hmm. looks like and showing them that it's possible for them to get there. Like that's a sales technique. Yeah. Right. And then like, and if you can, and, and what's great is that when you start to, when you shift the conversation from like, yeah, I do massage, it costs X to like, yeah, I can help you. I can help you get out of that, get out of that pain and, and play with your kids. All of a sudden, you can maybe say like it costs like x and a half and someone's like mm -hmm. yeah i'll spend three i'll spend 200 dollars on a session that sounds great because right. i don't care about a massage but i do care like i put a i put like you know massage in my mind okay massage is luxury is is a luxury playing with my kids is playing with my kids is necessary mm. or waking up without pain is necessary and all of a sudden, as you if you shifted into something that's necessary, you can you you shifted what the you shifted what the ground for like the, what the pricing ground is, because right. then you're again it's going back to value, right? Like the value of, you know, the that kind of rule of thumb of like if you're going to charge someone something, like offer them something that's got 10x value to it. Like, well, like how much is it? How much is it worth to you to play with your kids? Like a couple thousand dollars? Cool, two hundred bucks for a session. Just like, yep. what a deal. What a screaming deal. What is the, oh, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. I really like how you said that because that's, and that's, I think, like, uh, where we need to concentrate our, again, it, and it's like, it's hard to step out of it, but we we all need to do it. It's like, it's about them. It's not about you. It's like, and again, like, same thing. Like, I want to share what I know, yeah. but also only in the context of what they need or exactly. only, it's about them. Like, what is your problem? Yeah. And then 
I might have a solution to offer, but it's like, it's about the, it's about them. It's about the client. It's about the buyer. Right. It's, it's, it's almost like, yeah, I think there's, um, there's a tendency and I see this a lot on social media of people saying like, like people making content that is ostensibly directed towards, uh, towards like athletes say, or, or it's ostensibly it's yeah I'll say it's directed towards an athlete of like like why your why your sumo deadlift sucks and then it's like and I'm gonna throw a whole profession under the bus and <laughs> sort else I'll, I'll half apologize for it so a PT will put out something that says like why your sumo deadlift sucks and then it'll be like 18 pages of like like it'd be like swipe right to learn more and it's like swiping right through like series like like text upon text upon text and citations upon citations upon citations it's like yeah that's a pile of junk tell me why my like why my sumo deadlift sucks like that like as as somebody who is a if i if in that position i am not a client of yours i see you like frankly i see you masturbating it's like cool (laughs) you know a lot of stuff congratulations Mm -hmm. right like as a clap clap clap. yeah good for you like how does that matter but if i'm another p if i'm another pt i look at that i'm like wow that person knows a lot of stuff but that's not Mm. but like who does that serve that's not your buyer right your buyer exactly your buyer your buyer wants the wants the better deadlift and if they if they're like wow that would like my my deadlift all of a sudden got a lot better and the per, and then the mm-hmm. pt can be like the pt can be like are you interested in learning why that happened and then the buyer then then the, the athlete can say like yes i would like to learn and then all of a sudden that like pile of citations pile of citations suddenly becomes yep. useful like right i don't need you to sh- like your buyers your clients your potential clients they don't need you to show your work they need mm-hmm. you they but they need to they need to trust you enough to know that the work is there Right? right. That's what we're trying to do. Like our job. And as a salesperson, our job is to establish trust as early on as possible so that when we say something, we are, we have established ourselves as, as trustworthy. And if we've established ourselves as trustworthy, as trustworthy, we don't have to continually go back to the well, right? Like mm. some of our clients may be scientists, but our clients are them as humans, not as scientists. And, okay. and so like, sometimes they can be like, I don't understand how that worked. I don't understand why you I, like, Oh, can you explain why you're doing this? Or, yeah. and then you are like, yeah, of course I can, because I do every, everything I do, I do for a reason. And everything I do, I do because I believe it's the right thing for me to do right now. And I can tell you why I think it's the right thing to do right now. And if it doesn't work and I don't have an answer, I'm going to tell you why I'm going to tell you, like, mm-hmm. if I don't know why it doesn't work, I'm going to say, hmm, that hasn't worked. I, I didn't know that that wasn't going to work like that. That's interesting to me. I will learn more about this. And, and that's like that, that kind of, that shift is really, is really important. Like knowing, like if you have established trust with your clients, you don't have to constantly go back and tell them that you're trustworthy, right? Mm. Like, trust me is a really, really crappy phrase, right? Yes. Right. And if you have to say it, if you have to say then, it, there's a problem it's not there. Yes. Right. <laughs> So yeah, yep. that, but, but that's where I think like, you know, I think we can, I think there's like, there's a, there's definitely a, um, there's definitely a tendency to, a tendency to try and show everything. And I think that tendency, 
and okay, now now is the part where I'm going to half apologize to the PTs. The tendency is comes from a very very good place. It comes from that. It comes from a place of saying like, you know, it comes from a place of saying, I think it's like it comes from almost a, a defensive a place of like standing in defense of your clients of saying right. like, hey, you, there's somebody that's trying to sell you something that oversimplifies that oversimplifies the problem that you've got. And it sounds really sexy, but I promise you that it's not going to that I promise you that it's not what it says it is. And here's a here's another solution that might be that might be boring, but it's probably going to work better. And mm. I can guarantee you that those that like those folks are, are I can almost guarantee you that those folks are pretty right on. It's just mm -hmm. that they're it's just that like it's just that it's really hard to establish trust remotely. And what you end up getting is you get like you get a bunch of you end up in this like echo chamber, like strength conditioning coaches like talking about single leg squats or double leg squats. And it's like, oh, this actually serves none of your athletes better. Um, mm. But 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 we end up in that we end up in those uh, in, in those rabbit holes. But but establishing, you know, it goes back to everything that we ever talk about. It's like as long as you if you've established trustworthiness through um, through sharing why you do what you do, why you care, like, why does it matter? Like, mm -hmm. and I think it's, I think it's hard to do this on social media, but one of the reasons that I, uh, one of the reasons that I have, um, uh, zoom, like I'll do consults over zoom with all my clients before they become clients. I do that because it's the first, it's the only opportunity I have because we're wearing masks. It's the only opportunity mm -hmm. I have to see their face. Like I want to see what my client looks like when they're smiling. Right. right? Yeah. I want them to see me yeah. smiling. I want them to see like me, like the dynamic, the, the dynamism that comes yeah. with it. But I also want to establish the trust so that like when they do make a, when they do make, when they are in a position to make a buying decision with me, I want them to say like, oh man, this is a good idea. That's mm -hmm. all I want. Like I, I want them to say like, oh yeah, this is great. Like I trust, yeah. like, you know, like, oh, you know, we've gone through yeah. 10 minutes on the 10 minutes on the phone. Like, all right. So I understand, I, I understand where you're coming from. I think that yeah. I might be able to help. And this is how, this is why I think I could help. Yeah. And at that point, like you have established trust, like you have common like points and you also know, like you can get also excited about that because you know, at that point that you can help them to like, to a certain degree or something, you already know something about them. And it's not like, okay, you don't know who's going to show up and with what problem. And then you're like, okay, and I have to figure all this out like in five minutes versus like, I'm excited about this because I'm pretty confident I can help you. And yeah. like, this is going to be amazing. And that's it. So I, I really like that. Um, yeah, what you said about like the PTs and all that stuff, it's, I think it's really hard. And especially now with the social media and generally overall, like it's not valued enough to say, I don't know. Mm. It's just, I would rather hear somebody, like if I'm going to a pro professional, I would rather hear them say, I don't know, let me research this a little bit more versus no, I'm pretty sure this is it and that is it and all that stuff. And like, and it doesn't work. I'm like, yeah. no, like how about you keep your open mind? And I know you want to be the top of the top of the top, but I also know that it's impossible to know everything and it's impossible to like know every single human being who walks through your door mm -hmm. and find like the perfect solution to them in two seconds. Um, so I would rather have, you know, for me that that builds trust, like, well, I don't know. I, what I can, the only thing I can promise to you is that I will do my best. I will do my research and I will give you hundred yep. percent. And 
that's that's what I'm offering. And if that's not enough, there's nothing more I can give you. Um, but really just to like, it's and it's hard and I get it, but um, it's just, I think we need to shift that to a little bit. But yeah. I want to come back to the sales though. So I really like what you said about establishing trust first um, and then make it about them and then really just get curious about their problems and why, why do they need, or like, what is their, what is their drive? What is their deeper problem? Not just mm-hmm. the back pain, like why does that back pain matters and bothers you and what does it stop you from doing and all that? I really like the pre-qualifying too, kind of like getting them on hopping on a call. And then I started doing that too a little bit uh, because of multiple reasons. Like, first of all, like figuring out, is, is this something I can help? Or is it like, you need to go to the ER right now? Like it's two different cases. And second, try to like figure out like where they are at in their investment or the buyer's journey. Like, are they ready to buy? Are they ready to be sold to? Because if not, then again, like we're wasting each other's time and I'm happy to like tell them like, hey, sign up for my newsletter, sign up for my Instagram and watch what I do. And then whenever you're ready, you come back, let me know. But if you're not ready right now, I want to know it before I spend time with you, before Mm -hmm. I spend like really relatively more time with you. So I think like those are important things. Um, Anything else that you translated from your sales past to, or anything that you think that like all of those things, like it seemed like works very well for you. So anything else or anything else that didn't work that you didn't like that you tried and they did not work. One of the things that, that I really look back gratefully to the people who, uh, who taught me who, who kind of, who were my, who were my mentors in learning sales was that it was, it was that we used techniques, we used uh, approaches that were not specific to what we were doing. And they weren't, they, they were, they were very, you know, there were, there were techniques that were, they were human centered techniques. Right. Mm. And, 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 and so that was that, you know, the, the, the themes, the underlying themes of what I, of what I've, learned have never changed. And one of the things that we all that I think we always know is that it's all experiments, right? We're going to try something. And if it works, cool, it worked. And if it doesn't work, cool, I'm not gonna do that again. That was a waste of time. Um, nothing in particular, there's nothing in particular that I've like that I found like, resoundingly didn't work. Like not a lot has like has been like, wow, that was a ab- that was an abject failure. Um, <laughs> but I found that like one thing that works really well is explaining explaining why, right? Explaining mm-hmm. why like why like it, it bringing myself into a position of like when I was in when like these are this this is the situation that I was in when I sought help. Mm-hmm. Or this was the situation that this client was in when they sought help and this is what came out came of it. Those are, I found that those are really helpful, right? Like those, and those are relatable, right? People want to, people, people want to have something to relate to. Yeah. And then see another human being. Exactly. I think like that's, that's very important. And so I really like that. And then putting the humanistic back to it and really just, yeah, Yeah. communication. And I think it's, that's, that's important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that really, that, that kind of underlies all of it is that, in the buyer's journey, there's generally like, it's the buyer, the buying journey is generally 
um, predicated by fear. So mm. somebody who's coming to you, who's potentially a potential client, they want to know like a lot of the questions that they're asking questions about pricing, especially whatever the question, whatever the question is, is a variant on if I buy this, how would I be making a mistake? And, mm-hmm. and so, so couching your responses, like, like two, there's two things. So I'm going to, I'll do this and then I'll come back, come back to it. Couching a response in the idea that you would be making the right decision to make this like, uh, like choosing to do, to work with me is making a good decision. Like as mm-hmm. long, like if you can constantly reinforce that point through your words, and that can be, that can be something like, oh yeah, I, you know, I like maybe you, uh, maybe you recommend, uh, um, maybe you're like, okay, this might, this, you know, most of my clients I see once a month or once every other month, but for what you're working on here, I think it might actually make sense for us to see each other, you know, once every 10 days for the, for the first month and then start to space it out over time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and some of the, and so somebody might, might then have like a little bit of sticker shock with how much that's going to cost. Right. Like that's, you know, for me, that's like 600, like I'm, I'm asking them, to, I'm asking mm-hmm. for $600. Like that's a significant mm-hmm. amount of money for most people. And uh, again, your money baggage is not someone else's money baggage. So say the price and let them let let them right, right, let right. them balk at it. Don't balk at it for them. Um, Love it. Yeah, but um, but but if they do balk at it, they're probably asking like, how would I be making a bad? How is this going to be me making a bad decision? So coming back and saying like, yeah. So what I found is that general is that like what I found with other clients that are like you is that if we if we only see each other once a month we find ourselves, they'll find themselves back in that first, they'll find themselves back in that state they were in before their first, for their first, before their first appointment, maybe a little bit better. But if we get a little bit more regularity up front, it actually pays off in the, it pays off in the long term. And that's a logical, that's a pretty logical response. And it's a logical response that says, I understand the human, the human fear of making a bad decision. And I'm going to, and I can, and I'm going to assuage that fear this way. That's really mm-hmm. important. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's a really, really important way to help somebody deal with what may be a high ticket item for them or just, a, a, or just buying, or just buying something more often than they expected to buy it. Like mm-hmm. it's worth, it, it's, it's a really useful, it's useful to have that, have that kind of response in your pocket and to, instead of jumping to react to their question, but like right. pausing, taking a second, reflecting, and then coming back to them. Mm. I like that one. I am definitely, I'm definitely going to put that into my pocket too. So good one. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And there was one other one I wanted to, one, one mm-hmm. other piece that I wanted to bring up that came up in that question. And it was, um, figure out the question that someone's really asking. Mm. Right. Like, love it. And, and again, like I, I find the pricing, the, the pricing question, the, the pricing question is generally a, how am I making a mistake question? And, and then I think, and then a lot of times like a technique question is like, or like, yeah, you know, I think a lot of people try trying to think of what the themes are, but a lot of times people ask it like uh, the la- whatever the question that they're asking is, they just want to make sure that they're that like 
that they're going to feel better. Mm. Right. So if you can, if you can, if, if you, if you know what the, what somebody is really asking when they ask the question, you can answer their answer, the direct question, as well as the underlying question at the same time. Right. And right. when you can do that, that's like, that's the superpower. That's like the seeing yeah. through the, that's like the dodging the bullet in the matrix kind of, mm. kind of thing. Cause you're like, uh, cause you can, you, that's when you shift, that's when you can shift somebody into like, into like real magic mode. And right. that's like, like, I, I think about with one client that I've got where, you know, she was talking to me about a uh, shoulder and neck pain that she was running into. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, and, and I, I just kind of brought up, like, I brought up the, you know, that sometimes shoulder and neck pain is tied to some other stuff that shows up. Like, they're like, that's like, yeah, like stress, stress shows up like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like if we're, and if, and if we're carrying a lot, like you kind of shift your voice a little bit. Yeah. Like if we're carrying, a, if we're carrying a lot of stress, mm-hmm. like it makes sense that like our body's gonna, it's gonna show up in our body. And, mm-hmm. and like, I think I dropped, like, I, I think I dropped in that. I was like, you know, like, like the body body knows what's going on and she was like oh my god did you read the body body keeps the score and guess and i was like yeah of course like that's that's it and then like as soon as like we were able to relate it and then all of a sudden the say like the actual like i didn't have to do anything i did i like all all we had to do was schedule (laughs) it wasn't like cool and now and and now we have to talk about like what the service is like okay you're speaking my language i am yeah i'm in yeah 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 i think like ultimately yeah yeah that's what people look for. Like, it's like something, like some kind of perfect practitioner, like some somebody that they can connect with, right? Yep. And that's the other thing too, like why I like to have a conversation because like, I think that's it. Like you need connection and especially it's such an intimate profession that you really want to like have established trust and connection with that certain person. Like not everybody's your click and I think that's totally fine. So you just want the people that you click with into your office and um, I really like that underlying question thing because that is, especially if you think about somebody in pain, um, their thinking is way different than somebody who is just perfectly fine. They definitely have more worries and fears and uh, just anxiousness about their bodies and any kind of treatment, especially if they've been through like bad treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Like trying to build the trust is going to take a while. And I think it's important because the better your trust, the better that relationship is, the better your out- outcome will be. So, yeah, that's really awesome. Jeff, I took so many notes. Like there's like four different like post-its like right around me that I just started like writing down what you're saying. So this was extremely valuable and um, I'm really enjoying this. This is going to be a lot of fun. So anything else you would like to add? I'm nah. running out of post-its, so you might want to just <laughs> <laughs> watch the movie Boiler Room. It's fun. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Boiler Room and um, yeah, definitely. So anybody who's listening to this and you haven't taken notes, listen to it again and take notes because this was a gem and really, really, yeah, this was a super addition. I don't think a lot of people know all this stuff, what you know about sales. So this is amazing. I really love it. Um, if anybody has a question, reach out to you, I guess yeah. about sales. Yeah, yeah. I, I love doing this. I, I do, yeah. um, I do sales consulting for, um, for other companies in the health and wellness space. So if this is something that, if something that you're interested in, you work with a group of, a group of other therapists and you want to develop some, develop, a uh, develop a, um, develop a, 
a, a way of selling, a way of doing your business. I that's something that I I help people do, and you know, frankly, I I also just like I really enjoy doing this. So if I can help you, let me know because I would love to help you. Yes, sign me up definitely. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get something rolling here. I I feel like I feel like a webinar is cooking here. I'm, I'm that's what I'm that's what I'm feeling. It could be. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> We've figured something out because we need to learn. Awesome. So thank you so much, Jeff. And thank you for bringing your experience and all that to the table. So uh, with this, we're going to close down this episode. And thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you, Jeff. And uh, we see you guys next week. See you next week. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of Hands at the Table. If you got something out of this episode, have comments or topics you'd like us to cover, please let us know by tagging us on Instagram. Bori is at restore underscore revive underscore therapy, and Jeff is at just breathe manual therapy. We'd also appreciate if you can take a minute to leave us a rating, like, or review wherever you listen. It'll help other people find us. We'll see you next week.